The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, October 22nd, and this is the Week 7 Picks Show. We are live on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick6 for this show. It is a uh, it is a groundbreaking moment, an exciting moment, because we're going to see if Pete Prisco's internet connectivity and uh, youthful technological skills can get through the entirety of a short bi-week slate. Joining me. We already already have the biggest upset in NFL history. You were almost on time. That's right. Um, I I don't know why I didn't think that. Uh, RJ White also here. What's up, RJ? Not much coming off a terrible week on picks, public crushed. And and every time that happens, you know, when you're taking these ugly teams, you're going to take a bath. So looking to get back on the horse, I don't think it's going to be a thing that continues where the books are just going to keep inflating these lines until these dogs cover. So um, I like this week. RJ, we had had crappy weeks. Wait a second. We had crappy weeks. Before you say anything, I have a statement. I would like to issue a statement. No, no. We're going to get to you in a second. Me and RJ had really (laughs) bad weeks last week, but we looked really good compared to somebody. I would like to issue a statement, please. I understand (laughs) that there are some rumors, some speculation. (laughs) Look, you know, do you remember the famous Michael Jordan statement when he came out of retirement and he issued a press release? And it just said, I'm back. Okay, so we're going to put week six behind us. And I'm just going to issue a very short statement, Pete. I suck. It is the single worst week of NFL picks I have ever had in my decade-plus career at CBSSports.com. I went 0-7 on my best bets. The other statement I'd like to issue is, thank you to the Philadelphia Eagles for sliding in the back door on Thursday. And uh, and thank you to the Jacksonville Jaguars for finding a way to win on Sunday morning because if they don't, and those two teams could have easily not covered or just lost their games, or they could have lost against a spread, I could have been staring down the reverse sweep, a, a virtually impossible feat that one would almost never live down uh, for the rest of his life. I have heard Ryan Wilson chirping about it as early as Wednesday evening, and I've been prepared, Pete Prisco, for your incessant barbs about my bleepy week against the spread. So get it out, and we'll get moving with this week's show. 
Well, I, I already said about, I said it about four or five times yesterday when we were doing the picks show because Brady had a bad week. Brady Quinn had a bad week too. And I said, look, Brady, look at the bright side. As bad as your week was, it wasn't as bad as Will Brinson's. I, you know who I feel you know who I feel bad for? The worst. We had a bad week. The guy who had the worst week is the one who watches the show every week and parlays the opposite of Brinson's picks, knowing that they have a chance of coming in. And he just missed it once on the Jaguars. And then he's like, <laughs> I mean, I could have been a millionaire at this point and uh, and and just, you know, taking the opposite of Brinson. So so a tough beat for that guy. Look, I mean, honestly, I am curious what you guys think. I mean, you mentioned it, RJ, like the, the books are going to keep inflating these lines. We saw, we're seeing this week, it's a, you know, the Cardinals are like an 18, 18 point favorite over the Texans. It's, you know, it's not unusual to see this once a year. Uh, it is, however, you know, it's a massive point spread in an NFL game where if you're up 21 points against a team like the Texans, you're probably taking your foot off the gas. I am curious if you guys think that, there's a chance we might be seeing, and I wrote about this a little bit in my in my picks column this week, which you know, surely you should go read. I think somebody just alerted it, which, you know. You're due, man. You're due. Well, I mean, look, I said I was going to take, I said, I said week six was going to be chaos week and there was going to be a ton of upsets. And I was wrong. <laughs> it's very wrong. The only upset was like the bills getting upset. And I, I had the bills somehow. Um, do you think that there's a chance we're witnessing uh, separation of elite teams and really bad teams. Cause th th this happened in baseball. I don't know that it can happen as easily in the NFL because in MLB, you have these teams that are going to win 60 games and these teams that are going to win 110 games. And it got to the point where you couldn't even bet on like the Dodgers or the, you know, Dodgers, Yankees, et cetera, because the, the line was like minus 200 against the Tigers or uh, the Pirates. And even the run lines, which, you know, they're minus one and a half are minus 125. It, it, are we seeing any kind of separate? Is that a trend we might be seeing in terms of NFL betting? Or is this just sort of a, a, a natural inflation of point spreads and eventually it's going to come back a bit? You know, I, th I think, you know, the, um, the I do have some separation. I had some separation from a lot of the season with the top 10 or so teams in my power ratings. Um, you know, and I, I think uh, going into last week or maybe it was a week before, I only had 11 teams with uh, above zero, you know, in, in terms of their power ratings. So, you know, 20, whatever that, that number is, 21 uh, teams average or worse. So that is, you know, indicative of some separation. But, you know, those teams covering last week, I mean, the Colts aren't an elite team and they covered 10, no problem. You know, so it's just, I think it's just a weird, week where typically you have these big spreads and these underdogs somebody shows up and last week just nobody showed up like Detroit what didn't come to play Giants didn't come to play no no nobody really had one of those games where the underdog surprises a little bit and so when that uh that means away from that means week, this is flip it around week it's flip it around week well, that's so, what well, anyways let's that. put the season right put those season records up Brinson. we want to see that we don't need to do that we don't need to do that guy you know who loves this uh, is Diva. Diva loves seeing me. I mean, look at his statement. Brinson sucks so bad at betting. It was. Well, I want to see the. I want to see the overall season record. Put it up there, Debo. I know you got the graphic. We want to see Brinson's misery. That's what I want to see. I want to see how bad it is. <laughs> I, I guess that's what I'm wondering. Is do do we think flip it? Like, do we think there's a a, a comeback here by do. these huge dogs? I because do. it's worth noting. I was really surprised by this. I, I was thinking that, like, I mean, if you had to guess, what do you think favorite, the record so far this season would be for favorites against the spread? The favorites? Yeah. 
Well, I know I know all the favorites on the road won last week, except for one of them, and that was Buffalo, right? In that favorites that this the- season. Oh my god, I'm 15 games below 500. That is really bad. I apologize. We'll, we'll turn it around. 42 and 51 against the spread. Favorites on the season. That's 45 percent. Home teams 40 and 54 against the spread. That's 43 percent. Overs 40 and 40, 50 and two. So that's 46 percent. And home favorites 22 and 33 against the spread. That's 40 percent for home favorites. Road dogs are covering at a 60% clip this season. That's pretty wild. Yeah, and you think last year there was no crowds, and people said, okay, there's no home field advantage because there's no crowds. We're going to see that that revert now that there's crowds again. And and so far, I mean, it looked like in week one we might got a little of that, but, you know, so far it just it, it hasn't happened. So maybe it's just a sea change in the NFL where home field advantage just doesn't exist anymore. Didn't all the road favorites other than, I mean, we're going to throw Jacksonville because that game was in London, but if I'm not mistaken, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, most of the road favorites covered last week. Um, Buffalo didn't, but I think the rest of them did. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, because I was taken. I, I mean, I, I took a, yeah, that's right, because they were home dogs. I was all over these yeah, home well, dogs. On, on Sunday, yeah. Tampa didn't, but yeah. Right. Tampa and, was a favorite. That's right. The primetime games, the the road, the road uh, dog did cover. And, I mean, I, I well, like the Rams did. The Rams were road favorite and covered. The the um, who else? There's a right. couple. The, other. the Sunday but, road but favorites then, covered, not the. But then if you the, have if you have some of those favorites, you're a little fortunate because Minnesota was a road favorite. Dallas was a road favorite. Both of them went to overtime, so they got played through regulation even. So if you had the plus money, you're like, okay, they they played. Yeah, even but that Dallas game shouldn't have been that close. The numbers didn't it bear that out. They got dominated. You get to overtime and you get you get the Patriots plus three and a half or plus four, and yeah. they get the ball first. Like you're covering that. You're, you're, you're feeling like you're. Yeah, you feel like yeah. you're going to cover that. Carolina uh, completely blew that game, same against the way they did in, against Philadelphia at home early, the week before. Carolina probably should have won and covered, even if Minnesota was What are you team. talking about? They needed a fourth down throw to even get it on that one drive to even have a chance to tie it up. They had no business being in that game. They were winning the game until the block punt. What are you talking about? They were losing by 10 in the fourth quarter. Yes, they had but no they were business. winning and controlling the game, and Minnesota looked yeah. awful, man. Yeah, uh, I disagree with you 100%. I, I, all I'm saying, like, all, look, Okay, whatever. It went to overtime. The, the Panthers could have easily covered that game. And then the other one was the Bears and Packers game where, you know, Aaron Rodgers runs that touchdown in to cover. And, I, look, I'm not saying that the Bears should have covered, but in that spot when you're down 10 and you got a rookie quarterback, in theory, like, you're going to be cutting loose and you feel like you've got a great chance to backdoor with, like, two and a half minutes left on the clock. And and they didn't, and, that, and that's fine. We can play this game every single week, though, with losers and winners, both. Yeah. Backdoor, yes, OVO, yes. should have did this, should have did that. If you look at the flow of the game, the Cowboys game, okay. You, you the Patriots win the coin toss. They deserve the, they would have probably covered this. the number, but they got dominated in that game. That's they fine. Got okay. okay. I, I got yeah, it shouldn't, it shouldn't have been close at the end. My, the point is it was. Right. Thank you. And so you figure you cover at that, you know. Yeah, I get you know, it. Most, most but, of the situations again, there, and there are games where teams get outplayed and they lose, or teams get outplayed and they win. And and you know, just look at that Dolphins Patriots game in Week One. You know, Patriots yeah. had no business losing that game, but you know, so that happens all the time. But it just felt like you 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 take those situations and you're going to get a cover out of the dog once or twice in in the schedule, even if they are getting outplayed. And last week it just didn't happen. And the games that it looked like it was going to happen where you get to overtime of these games, since they played them even up, they still don't cover. So you just get, it's just crazy week for the favorites there. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get moving on the picks this week and let's see if uh, people are going to put their money where their mouth is. Obviously the won't hit parlay didn't come through. It's now zero and six in the season. (laughs) We took three favorites. Uh, (laughs) 
So the Steelers could have easily covered two. Anyway. Yeah, they should have. Yeah. We start with a massive game for AFC. By the way, if you have a best bet and you're watching this on YouTube, leave it in the chat. We are going to have lots of giveaways. I mean, I guess we can give away the I suck hat, but there's, you know, you just look like an idiot walking around town. Whereas, you know, at least the Brinson sucks hat, you, you know, people know that you think I suck and I do suck at this point. Um, Chiefs Titans, Chiefs minus five and a half in Tennessee in Nashville with the Titans coming off a short week and a huge win against the Bills. Over under here is 57 and a half. If the total closes at 57 and a half or higher, it's the highest uh, closing total of the season. Chiefs Bills was the previous at 56. Uh, Those, the four highest total games, 55 or up, are two and two to the like split on the over or under Chiefs Bills covered the over by one Bucks Rams covered by four of three I believe and Cowboys Chargers and Chargers Chiefs both went under Mahomes and Tannehill when matching up this line is down to four and a half at Caesars by the way Mahomes and Tannehill when matching up uh, since the two you know two groups got together in their respective franchises two and oh to the over Pete everything's screaming over on this giant total isn't it and I'm screaming over as well. Look, I know the Chiefs' defense played a little bit better last week, uh, but that was against a bad offense. I mean, you know, like Heineke is reverting back to being Taylor Heineke again. And and so I, I think this is a different spot. I think that the Titans are going to score. And we've seen the history in these games. The Titans get after them a little bit, and the Chiefs come roaring back, and they score by throwing the football. And with all those injuries in the secondary for the Titans, I think there's going to be many opportunities. I said this last week. I think last week was the day the Chiefs decided they're going to be back again. And I think they're going to show it in this game. I think they're going to score points. But I think the Titans will get their fair share as well. So I, I am taking the over. I know it looks like the obvious play, but I, I'm taking the over with in, with the Chiefs-Titans game. Uh, what is it now? Is it moved a little bit over our number or what? It's still 57 and a half. Yeah, it's going over that. It's going to be in this low 60s. Uh, at five and a half, I like a lean on the Titans. Kansas City had trouble sh- slowing down good rush offenses earlier in the year in Cleveland and Baltimore, and uh, their rush defense hasn't been as bad lately. But they haven't faced any good rush defense uh, rush offenses lately. So as part of that, I can't see Tennessee's defense getting any stops on Kansas City, especially with the injuries that uh, Pete was talking about. Um, so if the Kansas City defense from last week shows up, they're going to cover. Um, but you know, I, I don't know that they will. Coming off of that win over Buffalo, I can't put Tennessee any worse than average in power ratings. When you beat well, who I thought was the number one team. You got to be at least a, a zero, you know, a dead average team. And um, Kansas City, if you make Tennessee a zero, would need to be the number one team in the league to justify being a five and a half point favorite um, in somebody else's home stadium. Um, so I see a little bit of value on the Tennessee side there. I think the market did as well because it's come down a point. Now it's kind of a little bit more of a stay away from me. I'm not really playing at a four and a half. I will take the Chiefs for a chalk. What am I doing? Uh, I, look, here's the thing about Kansas City. I agree with Pete. I think that they have decided they are back. And as Brady Quinn and I told you, and as I have uh, tweeted about and, and yelled about for several weeks now, the Chiefs are a good bet to win the division at plus 110 on Caesars at the moment. You know, you can get some decent value on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl and decent value on Mahomes to win MVP. Now, those are probably a little less likely given how well other people are playing, but we're still just six weeks into the season. There is a we're literally a third of the way into the season. There is so much football to be played, and these winding roads that these teams take for these narratives can change dramatically. I thought the improvement from Kansas City's – I know they're playing a terrible 
WFT. I get it. That team's bad. But the Chiefs defense did look better. And if there's any improvement at all with KC's uh, defense, and this team will start to really round into being a legitimate contender. And the thing about KC, if you look at how they've covered the last couple of weeks against Philly and Washington, granted, bad teams, but also bad, you know defenses you can score on, they're scoring late. Like they know that they can't stop anybody. So they're just bombs away, even in situations where they've got a lead and theoretically might just want to run out the clock. And so I will take KC to uh, roll in this one with t- Tennessee coming off an emotional uh, win over the Bills on Monday night and playing on a short week. Bengals at the Ravens. The Ravens, it is two teams, two good football teams. It's unbelievable. The Ravens dominated the Chargers in in pretty ridiculous fashion, and the Bengals dominated the Lions. But now one's a little bit more impressive than the other. Pete, uh, is it is this Joe Burrow's time to take the division? No, I don't know if it's his time to take the division, but I think it's his time to hang around in this game. Uh, I I think when you look at this game, it reminds me of the situation that kind of played out with the Rams in Arizona a couple of weeks ago. Remember the Rams put so much into beating Tampa Bay at home, dominated them, and then a division team came in and they got dominated and lost the game. They were flat. They put so much into it. I think the Ravens coming off their Monday nighter and and really put a lot into beating the Chargers. I watched that tape today. They had some, and I talked to a couple of players. They, they said that that plan was unbelievably good, both sides of the ball, which tells you they put a lot of emphasis on what they were doing. I think even though this is a division game, I think the Bengals are going to hang around for that reason. I like what the Bengals are doing. They can pressure the quarterback. They're, you know, DJ Reader's playing well on the inside. Logan Wilson playing outstanding Pro Bowl linebacker type stuff. And I think offensively they'll score enough. So I'm going to take the Bengals plus the six and a half in this spot. I'm going to go the other way. I got a best bet on the Ravens. Third straight home game for Baltimore since he's playing the second of three straight road games. Since these defenses had good stats versus the pass and the rush this year, but they have played a lot of limited offenses, while Baltimore's offense is top five in net yards per pass attempt and yards per rush. So I think they're going to have success against the Cincinnati defense. The Baltimore's defense struggled versus Indy, especially giving up big plays. But, you know, two of the other three weeks, they held Denver to seven and, and Chargers to six. So I think overall, they're a pretty good defense, too. It's the toughest matchup for Cincy's offense since the Chicago game, where they managed just 248 yards, four turnovers. So I do worry about the backdoor cover here with Cincinnati's weapons um, at six and a half. It's a little high. Um, but my power ratings put this at Baltimore minus eight. So I'm willing to lay it to go to go through the seven and win by at least a touchdown. Um, so best bet minus six and a half. The only real, the biggest concern for me is um, somebody else has a best bet in this game, too. So I don't <laughs> want to line up with that person. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I bet the Ravens earlier in the week uh, at six. And it looks like you see it on Caesars. It's six and a half. Uh, the Bengals plus 115. So maybe thinking about coming back to six. Baltimore's just... I sort of think Baltimore might be about to flex on some folks. That's just where I see the Ravens heading. They Lamar Jackson is playing incredible football. Uh, he is throwing the ball really well. He's seeing the field. I, I do I do agree with Pete that there's probably a little bit of emotional letdown, but you can't get too I mean, I think this team is 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 experienced enough in terms of their personnel, their coaching staff, and all that to look at the situation and say, man, huge win over the Chargers. But it wasn't like a crazy last-second win. It was an absolute domination. And so you sort of have time to roll, for, roll start rolling forward and get ready for the Bengals, which, by the way, is an enormous game in terms of AFC North implications. I mean, you're at home. You've got Joe Burrow and crew coming to town. And if you lose this game, 
it, it flips the division on its head. If you stomp the Bengals and make a statement and take shots over the top on them and put up a bunch of points on them, then it makes it an equally more impressive statement. I think Baltimore is ready to make that statement and sort of establish itself as uh, you know, a team that's chasing the number one overall seed in the AFC. Villanueva is going to end up being a problem for them in the long run. Big problem. Yes. Ronnie Stanley, done for the year. He tweeted out uh, pictures. I mean, is he already on IR? I mean, he had surgery, yeah. so I mean, he's, he is yeah. done, done. He's done. Yeah. The Villanueva um, was not good again last week in pass. But he's going to have problems, I'm telling you. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he gets beat a bunch this week by those defensive ends who can rush the pass or Hendrickson and uh, Hubbard. They're good. Hey, Bengals defense, fifth overall in DVOA. Fourth against the run, eighth against the pass. They are having that's that might be the most under the most the least talked about turnaround in in the NFL. In terms, well, they of, haven't played a lot of good offenses either, though. That's true. We will see. Uh, okay, yeah, I like the Ravens in this one to roll. We mentioned WFT at the Packers. Packers minus eight and a half over under forty nine. Aaron Rodgers zero and three. In his last three starts versus the Washington football team, uh, one and two straight up, oddly enough, 2019, uh, he, I think he won, but didn't cover because yeah, it was a, a sloppy game at home and then lost in 2018 to 2016. I believe uh, WFT one and five against the spread this season, worst record against the spread in the NFL, their defense. The, 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 we thought this defense was going to run the, the NFC East and they are last in points per game allowed at 31. 31 points per game allowed. Last in third down conversions, 58% allowed. Last in passing touchdowns allowed, 16. And last in passing yards per game allowed at 309 and a half. This unit is hot trash, Pete. They're hot trash, and they're the biggest disappointment in the league so far, that that defensive unit. If you pick one unit in the league, I thought they would be able to maybe carry that team. The secondary has been a disaster. There are guys open all the time. Were it not for you know Tyreek Hill dropping a pass that went for for an interception, they would have gave up even more points last week. So uh, I can't take Washington on the road against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'll take the Packers, but I'm going to use them in a teaser because uh, you know I'm a little fearful of a backdoor because the Packers are a little banged up uh, on defense. So I, I'm going to take uh, the Packers as one of the first teams in my teaser. Uh, tease it down from eight to two. Yeah, uh, you know, this line was nine and a half earlier in the week is actually where I have it um, rated. Uh, and you can't really tease nine and a half. So I was glad to see it started to come down eight and a half when we locked in our lines for the show. It's now seven and a half. So people teasing in the market are going to get a good number there. I also have it in my teaser. I thought Washington was a good backdoor team, but they fell flat versus bad Kansas City defense last week. That offense might not be all as cracked out to be. Some of that is the injuries. They got tons of guys banged up on that, that offensive side of the ball. Um, I think a lot of them were able to practice on Thursday. So maybe, you know, they'll be okay to play, but who knows how effective they'll be if they're all nursing injuries again. Um, with how bad that Washington defense has been, it feels like Green Bay can really name their point total. And a Washington offense showed when they're banged up, they can't be trusted to keep up. But it is a bad spot for Green Bay. They have at Arizona next Thursday against what everybody assumes is going to still be an undefeated Arizona team, and then at Kansas City the next week. So this is a game that that Green Bay should win. Maybe they're not mentally as focused as they usually are. And, um, you know, it's a closer game than we think. Um, but I think they went with Washington looking terrible, so I feel good teasing it down. So also the first part of my teaser at Green Bay, minus 2.5 on our lines and minus 1.5 in the market right now. What um what do you guys think about Survivor this week? I don't, I don't have a best bet in this game. I, I've taken Washington <laughs> against the spread uh, on the site. Don't feel great about it, obviously. I mean, yeah, it's just it's hard to feel great about it. 
would you if you if you were looking at a survivor situation and let's say that you had available to you the because the, the best team options I think are the Packers against WFT, <laughs> Pats against the Jets, Bucks against the Bears, and Rams against the Lions, also Cardinals against the Texans. Uh, what would you want to burn the Packers here or hold them for uh, easier matchups? I think a lot of people are probably using Arizona. I, I don't think I think um, uh, they, they they're as good as they are. It's probably been shocking to some people. So a lot of people probably still have them left. They haven't used them yet. Um, so it just depends if you need to save them. If you're in a survivor pool where um, you need to use them, I believe they play. They either play on Thanksgiving or Christmas. So I think people might be looking to use them on one of those. I think it might be Christmas. Uh, so if that's an issue, you might want to save them for that. Just planning ahead. But I think um, you know you got to get there first. So. Um, that would be my, my, the way I would look is Arizona. Um, and if you have the Rams, then probably them might, might not go to green Bay just, you know, because it's such a bad look ahead spot for them. Maybe they come out flat emotional win. Pat, uh, Rogers screaming at the bears fans. Um, who knows how, how they play in this game. So um, I play I it safe and take Arizona. I take yeah, Arizona. I, I was looking at Patriots too, just because I don't know that there's, I, I feel, well, we'll get to the Patriots in a minute, but feels like you're not going to get a whole lot of chances to use the bats again this season. True. <laughs> The Jets might be one uh, at home. Oh, look at that. How fantastic. That's actually the uh, the next game on the schedule. Jets at Patriots. By the way, Ron Rivera, in his, uh, in his career, this is kind of a weird stat that I would, I'm tempted to follow. Uh, as an eight-point or more dog, the over is 9-0. and oh, And uh, an average of 52.9 points per game scored in those games. Jets Patriots, Patriots minus seven over under 42 and a half. Probably won't get 59 points in this one. Uh, the Pats have won 11 straight games versus the Jets. It's the longest active win streak versus one opponent in the NFL. It's actually tied with the all-time uh, most wins versus one opponent. So a win here by the Pats would give them the NFL record against one opponent. The last time they've lost at home to the Jets was 2010 divisional round. Sanchez, Ryan, Rex. You bet Rex is rooting for the Jets in this one, but the Pats are seven-point favorites. Low total, Pete, here. Yeah, and I, I don't think uh, they're going to break the streak in this one. I, I just don't like what I've seen from Zettelson. And when you're playing Belichick, the defensive mind against a rookie quarterback, that's a problem. So I, I don't you know, think that the Patriots are that good on offense either. So and the Jets are actually better on defense than you think. I think there's some good young players on that defense that that are starting to play better and better. Uh, and I think after the bye, they're going to get even better on that side of the balls. But I'll take the Patriots. But I'm going to make them as part of the teaser with the Packers. Uh, I'm a little fearful of the you know not covering that big number. So I, I took them in our picks, but I'm going to take the the Patriots minus uh, tease it down to one here uh, to te- team them with the Packers in my teaser. Uh, also part of my teaser, so I'm glad that we're aligned there. I think that we got to win. And we have, and by the way, we had just to let the audience know we had no idea what the other people's picks were, so we just kind of aligned, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, we luck. don't, we don't, we don't copy everyone. We send our picks and we just send them straight to Debo. So, um, so yeah, it was just we just happened to, to nail it this time. And I think I it's because there's not a teaser just to just a submarine. It. What do you guys think about that? Please don't. What's that? Um, no, I, stay away. I stay away. The, Get out. I almost took the Bucks on as part of the teaser instead of the Pats, um, you know, just because. But I don't love teasing out from that big a number, and there's just not really anything else I like to tease. But, but I am confident in the Patriots. I also have them as a best bet at, at minus seven. Uh, they were six and a half at the Jets in Week Two and easily covered. So what's fundamentally changed? That we're only making it seven at home. 
you know, the, the New England offense actually showed some life the last few weeks. Took Dallas to overtime when the D wasn't playing well. I know that, that Dallas outplayed them in that game, but, you know, they're still competitive there. They were competitive with the Bucs. Um, the New England still has offensive line issues, but Shaq Mason could be back to provide help. Zach Wilson's looked good for a couple drives against the Titans this year and absolutely awful otherwise. Um, and while Mac Jones has completed 70% of his passes in five of his six games, keeping them in most games. So um, I think New England's a much better team here. I just don't understand why this line is the way it is with the Jets being one of the worst teams in the league. So uh, I'm willing to lay the seven. And because there's not a lot of great teaser options on the board, it's also part of my teaser. So I will uh, I will take the Pats as well. And, you know, I don't think RJ had that in it at first. And maybe you're copying my paper, RJ. Um, oh, I did. Oh, really? Oh, you did copy my paper. I'm glad you admitted that. Uh, no, okay, so you anyway, probably I, didn't I, have it in it first, knowing you. I, I would have taken if I had known you were taking it. I'd have taken it off off of my picks. <laughs> hey, I've already <laughs> bet all these these uh, the Chiefs, Ravens, and Pats. I bet early in the week. I, look, the, the Patriots, the Patriots aren't the thing about the Patriots that's different than in years past. I don't know if you guys have realized this. They don't have Tom Brady, and it makes a difference because he sort of would take these games where maybe their personnel wasn't up to snuff that they needed it to be. And he would, you know, he was the deciding factor that would flip it over the top. And Mac Jones just isn't there yet. And that's, that's okay. But Mac Jones has played pretty well. And we're still talking about a Jets team, even off the bye with a rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson, who has flashed tremendous upside at various points, but has also shown an inability to avoid these turn, these turnovers. And he's thrown a ton of picks. Belichick is going to, again for the second time this year going to throw a ton of coverages at him there's going to be an, a, a rowdy crowd in new england uh, this is a big game for the pats if they want to get back into the playoff race and you know there's some open uh spots down at the bottom end of the afc where you know teams that are below 500 can still worm their way back in as a wild card that i think that means a ton to bill belichick and the jets just aren't very good that's the bottom line, and I just envision a scenario where it's similar to that game in New York. A couple of turnovers for Zach Wilson. Patriots kick a bunch of field goals, like 26-7. to 7. You're going to have backdoor protection insurance, I think, in this game just because of how the Patriots will handle Zach Wilson from a defensive standpoint. Eagles at the Raiders. The Raiders. The John Grudenless Raiders. Huge win over the Denver Broncos last week. Uh, you have to be. I, I am curious about the emotional state of this team, though, because you have you know, they go they go and win that big game after their coach gets fired. Is there a is there a letdown spot here? Philly just sort of. I don't know. I don't know what to think about this Philly team either. Uh, Raiders minus three over under forty nine. Pete. Yeah, John Gruden, who, right? They really showed how loyal and how much they really love their coach by going out and just destroying the Broncos the other day. Yeah. And and I think, you know, you always talk about the little jump you get when a coach is fired, but this was a different situation in, in a lot of ways. So I don't know if it's exactly the same type of thing. I do think they're going to come down a little bit. That's only natural. Um, and, and I think the Eagles getting rest uh, will give them a little edge up in terms of that department. And coming off a division game for – the Broncos, I think. I mean, for the Raiders, it's going to be a little bit of a letdown. So I'm going to take the Eagle. I think this game is going to be high scoring. I didn't put the over in as the best bet, but I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. I know the Raiders had five sacks last week and dominated, but I think the Eagles are going to be able to get Hurts outside the pocket and create some problems for them. And oh, by the way, maybe they'll actually run the ball a little bit in this game as well. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles plus the points, though. I'll take the three and make that one of my best bets. If if you're uh, if you're making a bet on the uh, the Eagles are running the ball, you know, and it's dependent on that. I wouldn't count on that because they just. Well, it's not dependent on it, but it. 
Yeah. I'd like to see it. But but getting Lane Johnson back is going to help the Philly offense too. You know, I don't know if if and I don't know if the Vegas got up for their first post Gruden game and they're due for a letdown. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Um, but you know, they had a huge day offensively, eight point two yards for play on offense versus what's supposed to be a good defense. You know, we I know I think that Denver's been overrated all this season, but I you know I don't think their their defense is Washington level bad or anything. And the Raiders just had an awesome day on offense. Um, these teams have identical yards for play numbers on offense and defense though, so it seems like really they've been very even. So this line makes sense, but Philly. Philly's offense has struggled lately. The Las Vegas defense was in the backfield all game last week. If that continues, they're actually going to be a solid team moving forward. So my lean would be to Vegas at minus three. Um, you know, I, I was very almost close to putting it to a to a best bet on this podcast, but it seems like the Sharps are kind of on the Eagles every single week, and I'm sick of being kind of on the opposite side. I was with them last week, but but uh, you know, I've been uh, against them a couple of times, and uh, maybe I'm just not not rating this Eagles team highly enough. So just a very strong lean on the, on Vegas as of right now. The Lane Johnson return is enormous. He, he might be, I don't know where he ranks on that on that roster in terms of importance to, to that team, but you know, there was always the stat with Carson Wentz at least, and I'm not sure if it applies to Jalen Hurts. We need to look it up. But when when Lane Johnson was in or out of the lineup, Carson Wentz's quarterback rating and general production, you know, went was in like two different human beings. So Lane Johnson, a big factor there. I got the Eagles as a best bet too. And oh no. Nah, whatever. Look, I made a mistake last week on two of my best bets. One was the Ravens Chargers. I knew the th- actually three of my best bets I re- I regretted like before they even started. Uh, Ravens Chargers. When I started thinking about the matchup more closer to the game, I liked the Ravens. Uh, Brown. When the Browns two tackles were out against the Cardinals, I did. I was really upset that I had the Browns as a best bet. And then the Raiders and Broncos. When I saw Vic Fangio say that he was worried the Raiders would be like crazy hyped up and emotional for the first game post Gruden. I was immediately petrified about the Broncos' best bet and wanted to get rid of it. I think there's a natural letdown here. The, I mean, the Raiders expended. The Raiders had a crazy week last week. I mean, we're we're ten days removed or fifteen days removed from John Gruden being fired in the middle of resigning in the middle of Monday Night Football. The Raiders took everything that was happening to them and like lasered it into that Broncos game. I, it's really difficult to do two weeks in a row. There's a natural sort of exhalation where you come back home and you're a favorite and you, Derek Carr is playing well. You feel like you can win. I think the Eagles go in here and take care of business and and and, and flip this flip this on the Raiders. So, oh, and the other thing is Debo writes cuss words in our uh, on our YouTube chat. Wow. Uh, yes, that's the benefit. If I bet the Eagles as a best bet and they do, and they don't win, it hurts Debo. So. This vengeance. So, this so it's a it's a win win then. Yes, it's a it's a reverse emotional hedge by a sick human being. Lions at the Rams. Rams minus fifteen, over under fifty and a half. Pete, it felt like one. Matthew Stafford playing really good football. Oh, oh my God, I forgot. This is the quadruple revenge game. Yes, it is. Against the Lions, you have Jared Goff against the the Rams. You have Sean McVay against Jared Goff. Jared Goff against Sean McVay. You have Michael Brockers of the Rams against Michael Brockers of the Lions. There's all kinds of revenge angles here. I'm excited for it. Uh, Dan Campbell's team looked like they quit on him finally last week against the against the Bengals. Didn't have it, Um, but you have to think they'll be a little emotional for this game, right? And he called out Jared Goff publicly this week. Which you know, knowing right Campbell, that's <laughs> knowing Campbell, that's the kind of thing where he said he's 
look, he's trying to light a fire under the kid. He, he has, he knows he has nobody to throw to. They're terrible on the outside. And, and I think that's a problem, but I think they're going to hang around in this game. I, I think maybe I'm being a fool here, but I think the lions who have played tough, and just last week, it got away from them. But most of the games, they play tough. This is a big number. Uh, and I don't know if the Rams will be as focused as they would be as same they were when they played Tampa Bay. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a letdown. And I'm going to take I'm going to take the 15. I, I'm probably regretting this, but I'm taking the 15 as one of my best bets. The number's too big. Yeah, I don't think you're ever a fool playing plus 15 in an NFL game, just so how NFL is. But I can't do it. And, you know, Rams defense looked a lot better the last few weeks. It's bad news for struggling Detroit offense. Detroit's defense has the second worst yards per play number behind Kansas City, while the Rams offense is second best in yards per play. Um, I did think the the Lions were playing hard before last week. That was part of the reason I liked them going into the Bengals game. Uh, I think now they're in danger of quitting on the season. Like, I just, well, why why show up and play hard every week if, if these are going to be the results? Uh, but, yeah, the Rams could be on cruise control. So it's a little bit of worry there, but I think Stafford will want to show up versus his old team. Um, and I'm interested to see when Brinson thinks that the Lions are going to go to a different quarterback. What's his name, Brinson? David Blau. How you like me now? How you like me now? David Blau. It is David Blau, right? Right. It's, I don't think I mean, they're going to somebody else. The way else. that team is right now, it doesn't matter who plays quarterback. They're terrible. Oh, we just like what yelling do they David. Have? We just like yelling David Blau. Wow. I don't know it's going to make a difference either way. <laughs> I oh, get out of here, Wilson. What are you doing, you clown? Ryan Wilson shows up to the pick show. He's been, he's, Pete, look at, oh my God, please screenshot Pete trying to read that. Oh, <laughs> Wilson says, how is Brinson an expert when he went two and 12 against the spread last week? Wilson has been chirping his ass off at me about these picks. Ryan is so far above, it's, the fall is going to be swift. It's going to be steep. And it's I'm coming be, for him though. I picked up a couple. I picked up a couple games on him last week. I'm right behind. I'm saying I'm, Wilson I'm, is going to like crater. Oh, he's going to crater. He did last year. Yeah, he was like yeah, leading he, for a long time, and he cratered. That's why he knows he, he either know either one of two things has happened. He either knows he's going to crater, and that's why he's like peacocking and enjoying his moment in the sun, or he's actually deluded himself into believing that this is going to happen for the full course of the season. At which point, like, please stop showing my picks against the spread, please. <laughs> Uh, which man, you call, I, which I, you call crater, I call Wilson uh, turning to his job description, focusing on the NFL draft, and really putting a lot more time in watching prospects as we get close to the end of the 61, season. Sixty-one, so. thirty, and three—that is a remarkable run. I think that's probably the best against the spread record of. And why does he have hair in this picture? Let's fix that. That is ridiculous. Wilson, not any hair. Do I have hair in my picture too? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> It looks like you have a little bit on top, like a little Pete fr- uh, Frohawk. I still have should, some on top, dude. We should Photoshop Brinson's hair on Prisco's picture right yeah, there. I like great. it. No, um, I don't want that nest. Were we, was it last week we were talking about Pete with a toupee? It would be incredible. Uh, that would be the dumbest, that would be the ugliest, dumbest thing ever. But it would be funny to watch people's reaction. Oh, what happened? Yeah, um, I uh, I don't have a best bet on this game because I I don't. The thing that the the thing that scares me about this game is, yes, the Lions will be amped up to play the Rams, and and Jared Goff and Dan Campbell will want to show uh, that the Rams maybe made a mistake by ditching Jared Goff too soon. But I'm a little worried that Sean McVay is going to want to show the world that Matthew Stafford is a massive upgrade over Jared Goff, and he's just going to keep they, – they kept throwing up a lot of touchdowns last week against the Giants. Like, there was no need for Stafford to throw that last touchdown pass, and they still kept slinging it. I'm a little worried that McVay might might not 
you know, start pounding the rock once they get up big in this game. It could end up just just putting up a 50 burger on the Lions just to be like, hey, this is you, you. Now, I feel like Matthew Stafford wants to be more respectful than that, but it is in Los Angeles. I don't know. Um, I, I can't take I, I don't I don't I don't. I don't want to get in front of It's not like Lions fans who travel and fill up the stadium like some of the other teams. That's right. Uh, Panthers. This makes no sense. The Panthers are at the Giants, and they are road favorites. And I know that the Giants stink, and uh, Joe Judge is clearly has no idea how to manage the health of of Daniel Jones because he left him in there late in that game against the the Rams and he's getting destroyed. Uh, But the Panthers are a road favorite. Are you kidding me? I mean – yeah, make no damn sense. The Panthers have looked terrible the last two weeks, Pete. Well, Sam Darnold's looked terrible the last three weeks. And the offensive line, particularly the left side of the offensive line, and the center was bad last week. They were awful. They won, they won my spinning top award this week, the, the center, the left guard, and the left tackle. They were awful. And and I think that's going to be a problem for them. But the Giants aren't good. Let, let's not pretend they are. And I, But I think in this spot at home – a week removed from his concussion, Daniel Jones probably shouldn't even play that game. He, he looked, I mean, and he didn't have any weapons either. They were hurt, and he looked just like he was out of it. And so I think another week removed, it's probably not going to be a high-scoring game. I think both teams offensively are really limited. So if you're going to give me the home team and three, I'm going to take the Giants as one of my best bets. I almost made my best bet, too. Giants looked as bad as anyone last week. They still came down off the look ahead of three initially, and now it's back there. Um, Carolina's Dia started to fall apart, and the offense didn't look good against Minnesota until garbage time. It was really a fake final score um, that it was that close. Uh, Giants coming off two brutal games at Dallas and against the Rams. They competed well versus three easier opponents before that, and the Giants fell apart last week due to four turnovers. Um, Carolina has just six takeaways all year. I think another problem for the Giants was the game plan is clearly you know, going to make Kadarius Tony a, a featured part of it when he's healthy. And so you go into that week preparing for it, and he immediately gets hurt. So then you're kind of having to scrap and throw to Sterling Shepard a ton. Now you know he's already going to be out. You can prepare your game plan a little bit differently, differently here. But really it just comes down to how can you trust a team laying points on the road with Sam Darnold, at quarterback, right now. And you can't. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a strong lean to the Giants. Plus three almost made them a best bet, too. But kind of want to see how they come out and play in this game first. Yeah, I, I mean, I felt sort of the same way about the Giants. I, I don't think the Panthers are that good. And – Panthers fans are starting to chat about what might be available to them early in the draft, whether it's my boy Icky from NC State, the left tackle, who uh, could end up being a top 10 pick, looks really good, or even somebody like Carson Strong, because the uh, Sam Darnold honeymoon appears to have hit hit the brakes pretty hard. David, they were showing shots of David Tepper, and he looked like somebody who – he looked like an anxious uh, hedge fund manager who was sick of his the bad investment and was interested in trying to upgrade it. But I don't, well, I don't the, put it all on Darnold. The talk around the league was that if if Deshaun Watson didn't have the issue hanging over him, they would have given whatever they needed to go get him. Absolutely. And, and, and it might, they still might. If there's somebody who is willing to ignore off-field concerns and go get the superstar quarterback, I feel like it would probably be David Tepper over Stephen Ross. Who's the you know the buzz is all about that? We'll, we'll actually get to that in a second, uh, but yeah, I, I would lean Giants here. The Panthers have no business being a road favorite by three points. I mean, none whatsoever. Especially with New York's you know New York has put enough bodies in the front to get after Carolina, and I think there'll be some. I mean, I don't know. I mean, remember when when Gettleman took Saquon Barkley, took him over Sam Darnold, and that was the you know that was the chatter was should the you know should they take Sam Darnold at two and. And it's up getting Daniel Jones. So there's a little bit of 
narrative here, I guess, for those two guys. Maybe not. Anyway, uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, another impossibly stupid NFC South Road favorite. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Reminder, we are going live with this show on YouTube. If you are in, if you're watching in YouTube right now, leave your best bet. Put it in the chat. Let us know. What you think, who you think will be the best bet this week in terms of covering against a spread. We'll try and figure out a way to uh, to give out some surprises or something. I don't know. Maybe a gold star. If you get three best bets, if you put down three best bets and you get all three right, that means you'll have one more than I got last week. The Falcons are and YouTube.com slash pick six. If you're listening on audio, we can, uh, we can you hit subscribe. At the alarm button, you'll get notified when we go live. The Falcons are minus two and a half at the Dolphins. The over-under is 47 and a half. Now, the reason Atlanta's a favorite, I think, is not because the Falcons are good, but because the Miami Dolphins are doing something that only two or three teams have done in the past, and that is return from London without using their buy. They're coming back from London after losing to the Dagum Jaguars. She gave Urban Meyer his first win overseas. And now you have to face Atlanta, who is coming off of a bye, coming from London after beating the Jets, and you got no rest. Pete, do you think that uh, how how much of a factor do you think that is for the for the for the Dolphins here? Oh, I think it's a factor, but I also think the way they played is a factor. I mean, they're not very good right now, and I think Atlanta, Matt Ryan's having a good season, you know, for, despite not having Ridley, and he he's he, for some of the season and. Uh, the offensive line at moments, particularly left guard, having major issues. He's played really well for them, and and I think he's going to play well here. Uh, the only concern I have with the Falcons and Matt Ryan playing well here is Jamie Eisenberg made Matt Ryan the start of the week, so we know how that goes. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's my major concern. <laughs> <laughs> Although Jamie has hit three in a row of the starts of the week, uh, if you can call running back getting 66 yards hitting <laughs> a boom, but um, that's a whole nother story. But I'll take I'll take the Falcons minus the points because I just don't believe in the Miami Dolphins at all. You know, we talk about the I said the Washington football team defense was the biggest disappointment in terms of a unit. The Miami Dolphins are the biggest disappointment in terms of being one of the better teams or a team I thought could push in that division. They're awful right now, so I'll take Atlanta minus the points. And Miami is in the running for one of the worst team, the worst team in the league, which is the only way this line could possibly make sense. But I agree that it does not make sense. I have a best bet on Miami on the other side of plus two and a half. Atlanta laid two and a half on a neutral against the Jets. So we're saying now that the Dolphins are two to three points worse than the Jets right now at playing at home because you got to give them something for home field advantage. I know it hasn't mattered much this season, but uh, I'm not really willing to just throw it out and say, 
oh yeah, the Dolphins are so any any worse than the Jets, really. So I don't know that this line makes sense. I think I thought Tua played well mostly against a bad defense last week. He gets another one here. Um, Atlanta had an extra week to prepare, sure, but they had months to prepare for week one, and they got blasted by the Eagles, who have turned out to be kind of a paper tiger, not quite as good as they looked in that first game. Uh, so Atlanta's played three bad teams in the last three games. All those games could have went either way. I think the market's giving them too much credit for getting two wins in those games. So I got best bet. Um, Dolphins plus two and a half. One of the reasons I didn't want to go Giants plus three is I didn't really want to take both of these teams again a week later after after they completely disappointed. So if you have um, the courage to do it, you know, go for it but um i'm going with uh, miami as my best bet out of those two games yeah i would uh i would lean miami here as well don't have a best bet on it i'm i'm with you rj i mean it's you're taking you know what's that what's the the meme i think it's like a gta meme where the guy's like oh bleep here we go again as he wanders into the alley it's like you're just backing the dolphins and backing the the giants as i mean as as uh you know as home dogs they're terrible football teams but they're not. It's. It, I think that's kind of the key here. Is, you know, if you're taking like taking the Bears as a dog against the Packers, you know, the risk there is that a good football team just shows up and and does what they do with you know, Green Bay last week. Um, whereas we're talking about the Falcons are bad. The Falcons are a bad football team. Um, they are since the start of last season two and five straight up and against the spread as road fa- as favorites. Excuse me, and four and eight straight up and against the spread since the start of 2019. As favorites, they are one and four against the spread as road favorites since the start of 2018, and they have two wins in their last 10 games. Those two wins are against the Jets and the Giants. It's not a good football team. Uh, before we move on, I am, uh, I am curious, uh, Pete, with the Deshaun Watson stuff that kind of popped up on Wednesday. Do you think that he actually gets traded? Was that Houston trying to smoke something out? Because there was pretty quick denials from. Uh, every every team that was mentioned as a possible landing spot, Washington uh, was like going to get Tua or something, and then send a first round yeah, pick. I don't know how that one came around. And Here, the here's the way I see it: How can you possibly trade for him right now? Correct. With that as a backdrop, and, and I'm talking about we don't know what his situation is, but if any of that is true, and and again, it's going to go through the courts and the court cases and everything else. If any of that is true, you can't trade for him. So why not just let it play out? And then if you want to trade for him, go trade for him. It makes no sense to me. What's the what is Miami going to do? Are they going to salvage their season if they made a deal for him now? Or are they just getting ahead of everybody else in case in, and taking the chance that it is fixed? I, I just can't see how a team can make a deal for him and in at all. And I don't think it will. I mean, personally, if you do, that's on you. And I think it's a bad move by the organization that does it. I'll be honest with you. Listen. It's about the GM saving his job too. I mean, the way the Dolphin season is going, he's getting fired, and so if this he, is. But the he's not that making that make, call, RJ. That's going to come from right. above, right? And so, but he has to bring that to the above. I mean, you know, Stephen Ross isn't the one negotiating these deals. So if he can negotiate a deal that Ross signs off on, then I think it buys him time in that job. Um, but I don't really think that uh, that there it's going to happen. You know, I agree with everything you're saying, um, but you know, it doesn't make any sense for a team to trade for. Him now, you know, while, while the stuff's still hanging over him, but the, the GMs that are negotiating for it, for it, negotiating for it, I think are doing so with their jobs in mind, thinking that they're going to get fired the way their seasons are going. Yeah, it's the theory on the Chris Greer stuff was that he would trade for Deshaun in order to save his job, right? <laughs> I mean, which is you know, maybe just take take the L on your on your job. It, the problem is the Dolphins, like if the Dolphins traded for Deshaun Watson. 
they're going to want to play him to try and dig out of that hole and not give the Eagles. He might not be allowed to play. He might not be allowed to play. You would, the NFL vastly prefers that Deshaun Watson stay on the Texans because he won't play for him. They'll leave him inactive and the league doesn't have to do anything when it comes to the commissioner's exempt list. And he's not in the headlines. It's just, it's been a, I mean, given what is gone on, what went on in the off season and what's going on in the background off the field, you know, in these lawsuits, it's a surprising non-story on a week to week basis, you know, relative to what, what it, what it could be. So I think NFL paints himself in the corner though. If he gets traded and then they immediately put him on the exempt list, it's like, well, nothing, nothing new has developed in, in the off field stuff. So why yep. did you do that now instead of six weeks ago, seven weeks ago? So um, I think he, he would actually have an argument. His side would have an argument there if they wanted to appeal that and, uh, and say, this isn't fair. You know, nothing new has changed. You know, they, they should have done this two months ago. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, okay. Just wanted to get some Deshaun Watson chatter in there since, you know, it'll be it'll be some buzz going on uh, this weekend. But it was interesting that the Texans, like, the lead, everything came out of Houston and it looked like something was going to happen. And then very quickly, Miami beat writers, Washington beat writers, Denver beat writers, uh, you know, started saying it's it's not going to happen. Panthers beat writers even as well. Saints at the Seahawks is uh, huh, three, the not uh, three – um, of the four NFC South teams, road favorites. This is the Monday night game. Jameis Winston versus Geno Smith. Everything we've ever wanted in our lives, Pete Prisco, with this matchup in primetime. Yeah, and and the Saints are coming off the bye. I think they're getting guys back healthy. They've navigated this the early part of the season very well. I, I, I think they deserve credit for that. I mean, all the, the hurricane displacement and all the injuries and everything else, they're sitting there at three and two. And this is a winnable game. You know, normally you go to Seattle, you're worried about their defense, you're worried about the crowd, you're worried about Russell Wilson. Well, you don't have to be. Their defense isn't good. He played better, but they're still not good. That was against the Steelers' offense. And I think, you know, Geno Smith is Geno Smith. And so I think this is an opportunity for Jameis Winston to go there against a bad defense and a bad secondary and throw the ball down the field and put up some points. So I'm going to take the Saints uh, in this game, and I think they cover the number easily. I think I might be headed for either a br- one of us is headed for a brutal week because I got a best bet on the Seahawks. I was ready to count them out uh, after the first half on Sunday, but they played well in the second half. I don't think they're necessarily sunk. Uh, New Orleans shot Green Bay in week one. They've been pretty uneven since, haven't played that tough a schedule. And their offense, I think, is still pretty limited until they get um, you know more weapons back there. Seattle sounds like they want to run more. This is not the week to do that. New Orleans defense is number one in yards per attempt uh, on the ground. Um, but it is a tough environment for New Orleans. Russell Wilson won't be there, but the crowd will be playing primetime in Seattle against the desert. Uh, Russell Wilson will be there, RJ. <laughs> yeah, he'll, be, he'll be there to call. He'll have, uh, those, he'll have his fake huddles again. That, those were so, that was so corny, the fake huddle. He went out to the coin toss. You're on IR. Are, bro <laughs> go i mean but the fake huddles family. before the game i can see getting a little workout before the game but you got to fake the huddle give me a and he knew the camera was there yeah, well as as brady quinn pointed out you have multiple hours to get that done or you know you could do that at home if you really needed to visualize it before the game you don't have to go out there right before the game when you know the espn or the the nbc cameras in this case uh were turned on he he very clearly uh, was aware of of what was going on out there. Anyway, you know what was amazing uh, about that is when he was doing simulating the stuff, he left a bunch of clean pockets, just like he always does. <laughs> so, so in order for this line to make sense in my rating, Seattle has to be Jacksonville level bad, and the market actually does think they are Jacksonville level bad because they're only minus three at home to Jacksonville next week. So, so on the look ahead, so maybe they are that bad. I don't really think so. I think they're better than than a basement level team. So, I think there's value taking Seattle. That's why I have them as a best bet. 
Uh, you know, we have we've made it um, a long way through the podcast and haven't have come up with a single parlay leg. I agree with you on Seattle. Primetime game, crazy crowd, I'm and the, the the Seahawks. The the here's the thing with the Seahawks is while everyone's leaving them for dead, you know they they have this these two games at home Monday night against the Saints and uh, you know Jameis Winston ain't scared to turn the ball over. Still, you know they can Seahawks defense isn't very good, but they can flip something. They can they can find a way to sort of generate some turnovers, get some points. Um, Gino is made some throws. I don't necessarily like him in in this spot, but I think Seattle can find a way to win and certainly a way to cover. And then they get Jacksonville next week on Halloween. So find a way to win. Just find dig deep and find a way to win this game at home in primetime. And suddenly you could win these next two games. And I believe they're buys after that. And you start to think, all right, if Russ gets back, maybe we can make kind of a run here. Don't forget they're giving their pick away to the the Jets in the first round, which is uh is concerning. For a, box, for a box safety. Yep. I mean, like I said, like I've been saying all week, and really, I mean, there's there's maybe two appreciating assets on on the on the Seahawks roster. It's 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 an ugly scene. Um was there anything else we missed in terms of possible parlay legs? Uh Patriots, I think. Oh yeah. All right. So let's do uh let's do Pats minus seven and Seahawks plus four and a half. I don't like the Seahawks. No, he doesn't like the Seahawks. Oh, that's you. I don't like the Seahawks. I like the Saints. We had a couple others I think we agreed on, though. No, I kind of scrolled through, I didn't see anything. So we'll should we uh should we should we should we should we skip the parlay for the week and do a teaser for the week and do Pats and Patriots Packs and Pats and Packers? I don't want your stink on that. We'll figure out a. No, I don't want you. Yeah, yeah. We don't want you anywhere near that. I'm betting it. I'm sinking that ship, baby. <laughs> um, We're done. Uh, RJ, you like you know, RJ likes the Raiders or the Eagles? Uh, I like Raiders. the Eagles. I like the Raiders. We're on opposite sides. But you're probably gonna have to find a couple totals if we don't. Right, let's do. Uh, how about the Giants? We'll do Giants and and Patriots as the first two legs. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, sorry. So we, those are our first two legs: Giants and Patriots. I don't know why I thought. Pete was on the Seahawks. Sorry. A uh, couple of games left. Texans at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are minus 17 and a half. And the over-under is 47 and a half. If Debo brings up the Caesars odds, I think that there's a chance that this line has even creeped up into the 18-point range. Kyler Murray playing some awesome football. But I will say, Pete, a little bit of a look-ahead spot for the Cardinals as they get the uh, the Packers on a short week. Coming up. Yeah, and and that concerns me a little bit. But then you realize the Texans are also playing consecutive road games. You know, and it's uh, and this one's outside division after division game, uh, and they're not very good. I mean, you, you clearly they're not a good football team right now. I, I think Davis Mills is more than capable of hitting a couple shots here, uh, making you know that's you'll get a couple of those. But I think the Cardinals can do whatever they want to on offense. So for that reason. I hate laying this. I'm not making a best bet or anything, but I'll, I'll lay the 17 and a half points. I don't really want to, but I will. I I, I could never do that. I'm going to lean to the the Houston just because the number is so big. But I am completely sold in Arizona right now. Um, after the week five outlier, Arizona, you know, throw that out, and Arizona scored 30 plus in five of their six games, not including that game. Houston scored less than 10 in three of their last four. You know, not including week five when they were competitive against the Patriots, but they fell apart at the end of that game, and then they didn't show up last week. So um, who knows if they rally or they're like the Lions, they might quit on the season. You expect Arizona to win by 20 plus here, but you get a small margin for error with a line that's big, a fumble that you didn't expect goes you know to the houston and all of a sudden 
the Cardinals are winning by 16 instead of 23. And, and you're like, why did I lay such a big number? So I'm going to stay away from this. I don't have the, you know, the gumption to take Houston because I think this line is pretty close to where it should be. Even though, um, you know, it's, I, I have a Cardinals a little bit underrated in my power ratings because I'm a little conservative to move teams up quickly. Um, so this line could be fair, but I'm just not going to lay the points. Yeah. You know, I think I took the uh, Texans against the spread in uh, my picks pools and in, on the site. For CBS, and I'm gonna have to go change that because you know what I just remembered. I, I can't. I, I can't believe this. I can't believe I missed this. I'm an idiot. Revenge game. Yes. JJ Watt. JJ Watt. JJ Andrew game. Hopkins. Oh my lord. New Hopkins and JJ Watt revenge game spots against the Texans. Uh, this is their first game against their former team. Of course, Watt has the most uh, sacks, 101 in uh, Texans history, and DeAndre Hopkins, the second most receiving yards in Texans history with 8,602 behind only Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson, most Pro Bowl selections in franchise history for the Texans, seven. Watt, five. I don't know how he only did five. Hopkins, four. Man, this is... um, I, I think I'm, a t- I'm not going to make the Cardinals the best bet, but I'm changing my pick to the Cardinals. This is this is the most the Cardinals will have ever been favored against any team. I, I love a revenge game. Dude, you don't think yeah, – I mean, Jamie Eisenberg, Jamie Eisenberg loves revenge games too. I, I don't – what does that mean you play harder? I think that – I believe that while this is a look-ahead spot with the Packers coming up and the Cardinals undefeated, that J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins have had this game circled for – So they're going to play harder because J.J. Watt plays hard all the time. So you're going to say he's going to play harder in this game? This game means more to J.J. Watt and he will it might tell mean you more to him, but what does it do? Does it mean he plays harder? It means he – a little more juice little more- <laughs> than, than, than last week. He wasn't given every all the juice. That it's an insult. No, it's, to, not, it's an insult to a player. These yes, every player says this. Yeah, I don't, I don't, look, they say, look, I'm looking forward to the game. It's going to be great getting against my old team, but that doesn't mean they play any harder. JJ play harder. That means you didn't play hard last week, dude. Jack Easterby is still on that team. He is in charge of that team. They hate that guy. I get, I get your theory on it, but you're saying that the player plays harder against his former team, which means he doesn't play hard like last week. JJ Watt no, didn't I'm play not, hard no, against. I'm, him. I'm just saying there's a little bit of an extra edge for sure. In your mind, but doesn't mean you play any harder. I don't buy that. I never have. It's an insult to the player. I know it's not. Yes, it is. Well, you're what an insult to the player is is cutting, getting rid of JJ Watt. And trading DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. That's an so J.J. Watt's going to play harder this week against the Texans than he did in the big game last week against the Browns. DeAndre Hopkins cares more about this game <laughs> than every other game on the schedule this year. <laughs> I disagree with you 100%. Uh, I've, no, RJ, do you I, – I can't – DeAndre Hopkins. So when they play the Rams again in the second time, he's going to care more about beating his old team than he is winning a key division game against the Rams that might lock up the number one seed. I think DeAndre Hopkins has had this game circled since the day he got traded. I, I disagree 100%. Okay. Let's, I mean, I'd love to ask him. I, look, I tweeted something about Jack Easterby like two weeks ago, and like out of nowhere, DeAndre Hopkins finds it and favorited it. Like, like the dude is, the dude is, the dude cares about throwing it back in the Texans face. I get he cares and he wants to throw it back in their face. Of course he does, but it doesn't mean you're going to play any harder. That's why when people talk about revenge games, oh, look out, he's going to play harder this week. Is he? I think I will take the over on Hopkins catches, yards, touchdowns. Give me all the Hopkins, all the Hopkins in this game. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Texans too. Three for 28 and Rondell Moore has 11 for <laughs> 200. You got a loser. <laughs> it's possible. I, I think that DeAndre Hopkins will have uh, more than three for 28, barring 
or I, th- I think stats wise, it could show up in the stats because if you're Kyler Murray and you know Hopkins wants to show out against his team, you could funnel a little bit more to him than you would. That I agree player. with. That so, is 100 accurate. That I so agree he, with. He, you might have you know eight catches for 150 yards, and you can play Late the, the game. Let's game get narrative. let's get let's get Nuke and, one to should rub it in their face. I could see that happening if it's a blowout. Yeah. That I understand. So he, two two or three touchdowns to Nuke, and then you're like, oh, revenge game paid off, and it's more that that. Anybody could have scored the touchdowns. Kyler just decided we're going to funnel it to, to the guy that we want to make happy. Okay. So it matters. Okay, we just shot down your theory. Keep Move on to the next game. <laughs> okay. I, I look forward to the, Texas, the the Cardinals winning by 35 and Hopkins and Watt having some choice comments after the game. Bears, Bears at Bucks. <laughs> Beats Bears, Bucks, Battlestar Galactica. Bucks minus 12 and a half over under 47. The Justin Fields uh, hype train has cooled significantly, Pete. Maybe this is a spot where he could put up some numbers because the Bucks secondary is extremely questionable, but the Bears offensive line is bad and Vita Vea is out here looking like the Incredible Hulk, uh, you know, smashing dudes, grabbing Miles Sanders with one arm and, and tossing him back. Bucks defensive front's a little spooky uh, if you're the Chicago Bears in that offense. Over under 47. What do you like in this game? Yeah, and it hasn't been the Bucks defensive front hasn't been as good as it's going to be. Let's put it that way. Because I, you know, JPP took a long time to get back going again, and he's back now. And and I think you know they're going to start getting after the quarterback. I think Joe Tryon in the second half of the season is going to be a beast rushing the passer. And so for that reason, I think this is a mismatch because I think that Bears offensive line is is not good, and it's going to cause turnovers and problems for Fields, and he's not playing that well, and. You know, Tampa Bay's defense isn't very good, but I think it's going to be compensated by the fact that they will get after the cornerback and turn the ball over. And I do not think that the Bears are going to slow down Tom Brady. In fact, I don't think anybody's slowing this offense down. I think they're going to put up numbers. Remember, they beat him last year, and that was the game where everybody started questioning whether Brady still had it anymore. So I think he's, you talk about revenge and extra motivation. He's going to take a look at that film and say, look, this is what they did to me, and he's going to use that, and, and I think he's going to put up a number. I, I'll lay the points. I don't love it. So you're saying that uh, Brady's going to play harder this week. He didn't play hard last week, Pete? No, he's going to put the extra work in. That might be oh, ho, ho! It has nothing to do with playing hard. It's, mm-hmm. There's nothing, nothing to do with it. I lean to Tampa as well. Um, I almost made it a best bet. I almost threw, made it part of the uh, the teaser. Um, I probably will throw it in as at least one of my contest picks because I don't think I have five that I like in a contest. Um, uh, Chicago has no passing offense, and you're not going to run against Tampa, so how do you score points? I mean, you're going to have to get some turnovers on Tom Brady and some pick sixes, and I don't see that happening either. So Chicago has a solid E. You can't expect him to shut down Brady, obviously. Chicago's team total is at 16.5. Seems like a great underplay. If you don't want to lay so many points, just take under on 16.5 for Chicago. Um, but I'm I'm okay laying these points, even though it's a lot of points. I don't like laying a lot of points. Um, just in this matchup, I see Tampa being able to score, and I don't know how the Bears get more than six, seven, maybe. Yeah, the like I wanted. To, I mean, uh, this is a game where basically last week in my extremely poor record and and seeing these elite teams manage to cover just scared me off. You know, we saw the 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 Bucks allow the. Uh, the Eagles to come back through the back through the back door on Thursday night, but again, and then we saw the you know the Bears just couldn't do it against the Packers, and that was extremely concerning. You feel like if they get in the same situation, they're down 18 points to Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. Do we believe that that Justin Fields is going to manage to get down the field against his pass rush and against those bodies that they have and and find something? They're just not using Allen Robinson. Uh, Fields, 
he had a touchdown pass to Darnell Mooney last week, but Mooney was open for five or six seconds before Fields realized it. And it, just the recognition was very slow. So, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I think I would take the bears with the points, but I, I don't, I don't want, I would not want to bet on this game. I do agree that Tom Brady is putting up historical numbers and may continue to do so. Sunday night football Colts at the 49ers, 49ers minus four over under 44. Revenge game for DeForest Buckner, Pete. Oh, he's going to be amped up. He's going to be so amped up. It's too bad he wasn't amped up last week. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, look, I, I like I like the 49ers in this game. I think Garoppolo being back is big for them. Uh, Trey Lance wasn't ready. He's got some really amazing skill set in terms of getting outside the pocket and the big arm and everything, but he wasn't ready, I don't think. And I think getting Garoppolo back will be good for them. I think offensively they'll be able to uh, throw the football on them. And, and, again, this Colts defense has really struggled with the pass all year long. I think they'll struggle with the pass here. Uh, I think Shanahan's got going to have some good things cooked up for them uh, offensively. So I'll, I'll take the Niners minus the points. Um, again, they've been banged up a bunch, and so that's concerning. But now the Colts have, you know, Campbell's out now. What is T.Y. Hilton's status? Is he going to play? If they can't stretch the field, it's easy to cover them, and and I think that could be a big issue for them. So I'll take the 49ers minus the points. So with Garoppolo quarterback, I think it's a fair line. I probably put it at three and a half. Um, San Fran lost straight, three straight before the bye, but they had played that poorly. Uh, Indy's turning to the team we expected after a tough start, but uh, San Francisco was projected for two more wins in the, in the futures market before the season, so they were projected to be a better team. So that's where you get the minus four in. Uh, Indy's plus seven in turnover. San Francisco's minus five. That's not going to continue long term, especially the fumble luck, which I think is a seven seven fumble difference between the two. Um, so I, at four, I kind of lean Indy. At three, I kind of lean San Francisco. Not really a strong play either way. Um, so I'm staying away from this one. I would lean towards the 49ers here. One thing that I think is definitely worth watching about this game, and of course we're recording this on Thursday, so and this game is Sunday Night Football, uh, and and you need to be a little cautious about you know betting on weather this you know this early in the week, but just keep an eye on it. It right now, it projects that there there's a 99 somewhere between a 92 and 99 percent chance of rain from 3 p.m. until well after midnight in Santa Clara at at the 49er Stadium. Winds looking like they're going to be uh, through the day in the 17 to 19 mile an hour range, kind of get down around 13 or so for that night game. But if if this game if it pours all day in Santa Clara. That field is going to be disgusting, and it's going to be hard to hard to sort of really run and cover. And it, I think this could be sloppy. I sort of lean towards the over in this game, but with that kind of weather, you could see it just being like a mutter game that favors the 49ers in the sense that they are a good or should, in theory, be a good run team if the offensive line is healthy. If they had any running backs, um, the Trey Sermon thing really tilting for my entire life, uh, but. Indianapolis also number one against the run. So I'm starting to think this is maybe uh, a look at the under before everyone realizes what, what's going on with the weather. And we see just sort of two con- two teams be kind of conservative in those run games. I'll lean towards San Francisco, but don't have a best bet on it. All right. I guess we're only going to do two, two, two teams for the parlay. We could do that. We could take an over-under, which I know we're not great at, but, you know, Pete likes the over-on Chiefs, so we can do that. I don't love it. It's such a huge number, but, you know, if you think there's going to be – Do you like the over on the Chiefs, Brinson? Yeah, I always like the over on the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, Let's throw it in there. 
It's a third of the right, third donkey, There we go. Donkey edition, three. The, the biggest total of the season. Take the over on it. Um, can't wait till that's dead and half. Actually, that that's never dead with the Chiefs and the Titans. That could be, you know, we saw with the Bills and the Titans on Monday, three points in the first quarter, and that thing shot way over. Okay, so the can't can't hit, won't hit parlay is the Patriots minus seven, the uh, Giants plus three. Actually, gonna feel good about this one, and the Chiefs Titans over at fifty-seven and a half. Pete Prisco's best bets for the week. Chiefs Titans over a teaser with the Packers and the Pats Packers. Currently it's a good time to get that teaser in too, because the Patriots are minus seven and the Packers are minus seven and a half. Both teams at home, both teams against inferior opponents. I like that teaser a lot. RJ's on it as well. I'm going to bet it, which will probably ruin it. The lions plus 15, the Eagles plus three, the giants plus three and the Bengals plus six. Look at old, Doggy dog Pete Prisco taking all of these underdogs. Stinky. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to regret these, but here I go. It's a great RJ's week for it. After the covers did so well. It's a great week for it. I think you're you're pretty gold with us. Yep. RJ's best bets. Pats minus seven. Baltimore minus six and a half. Seattle plus four and a half. Miami plus two and a half. And RJ has a teaser with Green Bay minus two and a half in New England minus one. Again, that teaser you can get. Oh, look at that. Um, well, well, well. Princeton's best bets doesn't matter. They won't win. I actually saw this earlier in the show and, and pointed out to Debo. He thought he was going to get me, but uh, he's not wrong per se. I mean, so it's got to do. You're due. Be better than last week by accident. Oh, right? you're due. A natural regression. I uh, I have the Eagles, Chiefs, and Ravens as my best bets, and it's Eagles, Chiefs, Ravens, and Pats are my four best bets. That's all I got this week. This is a just a you know, sort of a. He's been beat down. <laughs> He's sheepish. He's been beat. They beat the they beat the twelve picks a week out of him. He's done. Which is which is a great way to catch up. Is now after you put all those losses on the board, you just start t- putting fewer picks on the board. It's exactly that. It was a hundred percent what happened. Twenty twenty three to amazing. catch up. Like, beat, you, we're not even the, we're not even halfway through the season. You got oh! beat. All right, we got we got to flip this thing around. I think this happened to me last week. I came out uh, last year, came out hot, got a little comfy, couple bad weeks. Time to turn this. Time to turn the Titanic around. And icebergs. When, when you don't make it to Halloween and you're you're already getting beat down, you got problems, I'm just, son. I'm just tight, I'm tightening up the ship. Trying, trying okay. to tighten things up a little bit, Pete. You know, tighten you up should do pick two games the rest of the year and see if you can catch up. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll spread our wings a little bit more. When this when this one I like the board. I don't have to love. The, I don't have to like the board every week. All right, four best bets for me. That's the show. Let's win some money this week. Turn it around. Get hot. Stay hot. Pete Prisco, RJ White, great stuff as. Always, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 